it is kind of bad, right? I mean, it's the doldrums of winter. Russia invades the Ukraine. People are still hungry. Cancer babies are still being born. Fuck planet Earth, man. But that being said, I am very excited about today's show. I'm ready to bring some positivity. A little R.L. Burnside never hurts to kick things off. Uh, My name is Brian Oak. That right there is Sean Bernard. It's the Brian Oak Show podcast, episode 230. And it's not like we do like, oh, 12 episodes a season, so we're only on episode that. We've done 230 of these bad boys. Well, we're about to do the 230th. Yes, we are. We haven't made it through yet. Oh, no, we're not even close. We've only just begun. To live? I don't know what you're doing right now. Okay. Here we are in the Smart Start MN Studios in South Minneapolis. 48th and Chicago is our neighborhood, and we're proud to be here. Both Sean and I are residents of Minneapolis and have been for a very, very long time. we got a cool little spot here. I mean, it's tiny. You know, like if you tried to rent this as an apartment, they'd still charge you $1,200. But luckily, since we're only doing a podcast here, and Sean and I definitely do not sleep here every no, night. No, never. No, never Never been in the doghouse and slept right Despite the fact that that futon is big enough for both of us, which is saying something. Only if we're sideways. You know what that means. It's spooning. Come on, man. Oh, oh, spooning. How do I have to spell it out? Wait a minute. Who gets to be the big spoon? Who do you think? I'm at least two inches taller than you. We can't take turns. Sometimes, even if you're the bigger man, it's nice to be the little spoon. It's That's nice true. to be, it's That's nice true. to be, it's nice to feel loved. That's right. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being the inverted spoon. No, not inverted. Oh, again, I mean, you're making that, it weird again. That's true. Okay. Just a little spoon. Just a I'm little not spoon. Sure. I'm, I'm kind of like the teaspoon. Off to a bad start. Yeah. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. The Brian Oak Show, episode 230. <laughs> Today, we have a nice guest on the show, and I don't want to ruin everything before he gets here, but I feel like we may have already jumped the shark on this one. But I do want to mention one thing. As we mentioned on the last show, uh, Russia has inva- invaded the Ukraine, and I find myself, when I'm listening to coverage on a reasonable sort of center of the road news service in the U.S., or in particular, I've really enjoyed over the last 24 to 36 hours listening to the BBC News radio service. So reasonable and so intelligent and so well-informed and frankly closer to the action. They just have a better perspective on everything. And I, more than ever right now, feel like Archie Bunker from All in the Family. You know, just, (laughs) I mean, but seriously, like, I, all I want to do is say, fucking Russians? God damn, better dead than red. I like, and, and I'm not that kind of guy. I know there is nuance there. I know there's subtlety there. I know there are things at play that I could never begin to understand because I don't know the region and I don't know everything involved. But I will say those fucking Russians. What the fuck, man? I've also heard people say, you know, maybe the Ukrainians shouldn't have picked a former stand-up comedian as their president. Okay, well, there's that. I mean, again, like I said, there are subtleties and vagaries that I'm I will just never saying, appreciate. No, I hate war and everything else, but there's also part of me that's like, you know, that's why. But, I know you I, didn't want a typical politician. But. but hearing Russia's platitudes from the official office of, well, they were a clear and present threat. We had no oh, choice. Such bullshit. I'm like, <clears throat> you literally have... 9,000 times the armaments and army and intelligence forces and everything else involved than the Ukraine had, but they just couldn't stop themselves. I just, you know, I don't want innocent people to die, and I don't want World War III, and I hate it. The thought of people laying in the mud-strewn street in the cold of late winter, early spring, bleeding out in the dirt, all of it horrifies me. But then we don't have to pay our taxes on April 15th. What do you mean? If we're all dead. 
Well, no, I'm not talking even about nuclear war. Oh, okay, I'm just talking okay. about what's happening to the poor innocents oh. in Ukraine. Now, there may be some agitators. Again, I don't really pretend to understand Eastern European, Western Russian yeah. politics. Let's be honest. That map has been redrawn yes. lots and lots and lots of times, even in our lifetime, right? And will continue to be so, but there's an apparent attempt to redraw it again, and it just... I don't know, man. It's hard enough getting up at 4 a.m. every day and like, and it's not about me at all. Oh, no, no. Settle down, Sean. The, but the stress of life in general and then like, oh, but also don't forget there are missiles coming down on children who are hiding in the subway trying to just make sure they live until tomorrow. I hate that. It's bringing me all down. So here's what we're going to do. Today, we are not going to focus deeply on it because this is hardly a hard news show. (laughs) Like not even vaguely. This is your break from the hard news. Well, so what we're going to do is we're going to hear a song. We're going to come back and talk to a guy who is deeply entrenched in the local music scene, both as a musician, a writer and performer, but also as someone who works behind the scenes, because I feel like, you know, every time I've gone out to host a music show or a benefit or whatever, right, it's it's the people who make the infrastructure happen that nobody cares about. They want to rock out, and I want to rock out too, but there are people who make things happen behind the scenes that without which there would literally be no music happening in this goddamn city. And thank God there are people like David Preeby who we're going to talk to very, very shortly. But first, getting back to that whole hatred, murder, genocide, warfare, stupidity thing. The first thing I thought about the last time we did this show, when I first heard about the invasion of the Ukraine by Russia, I thought of this song. And this song is really more about intrapersonal politics, about like, hey, bro, just because we look different doesn't mean we can't be pals, bro. But that also works on a citywide scale, a nationwide scale, an international scale, a humanity scale. I absolutely love this song. Going back to one of their earlier releases, Some Great Reward, Depeche Mode, People Are People on The Brian Oak Show.
It's episode 230 of The Brian Oak Show, powered by our friends over at Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What the F is ignition interlock, whatever the hell I just said? Here's what it is. You drink and drive. You lose your license. Even if you're not found guilty, you will lose your license. They get you back in your car sooner and for less money than you might otherwise expect. It's a small piece of hardware that gets installed in your vehicle, and you have to blow clean. You can't... Again, if you drink and drive the one time and don't realize the severity of your F up at that point, then there's something wrong with you. Maybe maybe not even Smart Start can help you. But if you're like, wow, that was super dumb. I need to get back in my car, but they want to make sure I've not been drinking. This device allows you to do that, and we can get you a discount on the installation of that device in your vehicle. Yeah, let's just say you're a 220-pound male, and you have five beers in two hours, and in the spring, summer, and fall, you're fine to drive. But, oh, look, it's winter in Minnesota. I slide through an intersection. Oops. Oops. Hello, Mr. Officer or Ms. Officer. I'm going to have you step out of the vehicle and do this drunk test. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You just got a DUI. Your wife's pissed off at you. Oof. You need to be able to drive again, take the kids to karate. And what other kind of lessons? Uh, boomerang or javelin lessons, yes, I think, exactly. are very popular right now exactly. in 2022. And now suddenly you can't do that, but you can if you go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Also, for those of you who are looking to get in on the ground floor and kind of get ahead of what's next in kids' sports, Highlight. I think it's finally Sweeping moved, the out nation. Of, moved out of the realm of James Bond and finally heading into America. David Preby is our guest today. David, hello. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you very much. So, David, where are you from? Uh, originally, if... Yes, originally. Okay, Winona, also Minnesota. I went to college in Winona. That's where my daughter is right now. Winona State University. The very first time, so I've done 25 more than that years of radio in the Twin Cities. The very first time I ever cracked a mic on the radio was at KQAL, Winona State University, Oh man! Do oh, I've been I, kicked I, out of there. Yeah, well, same, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I only went for one year, and then I was one of those cool guys who's like, "College is for losers." <laughs> and then it turned out I was hanging out with losers after I dropped out of college. So that wasn't the brightest move. So you grew up in Winona. Um, at what point do you? I mean, so you're a musician, but you're also involved in the music community in so many other ways that I find very interesting and very fascinating. But music is obviously what drew you to it. Do you remember when you were young? What made you a music fan? Was it finding a certain record? Was it hearing something on the radio? I mean, it doesn't have to be one aha moment, but when does music become something you know that you're going to have? Like, look, I could never, I can't play an instrument, right? I sang in choir briefly, but I found a way to make sure that my life was always somewhere around music, and I feel like you're the same way. At some point, you fell in love with music, right? Yeah, I mean, I tried playing the trombone in grade school, and and that was that was that was it was miserable. I um, I I, I got to my recital, and I remember looking at my teacher and saying, well, "What what do I do?" And and he said, "Oh man, just sit next to the other trombone guy, and act like you're doing what he's doing, but don't blow." Really? And, and I was like, "I can do that." And he's like, "Yeah, just pretend you're playing." And that's an awesome education. The right relatives there. relatives came and they they all said I did a good job, and I thought. <laughs> Hey, it's music for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. All right. So, however, before you moved to the Twin Cities, to you, you at some point you had to realize trombone is not going to get you into the clubs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. I, I noticed that um, trombone wasn't going to get me much of anything. So <laughs> certainly um, not to second base. Not not the second base. How dare um, you share off air stories? Um, oh, How sorry. dare you? So it's not going to get you to second base, but it's also not going to get you to the Twin Cities. At some point, though, you fall in love with music. What were some of the earliest bands you remember really informing you? Um, pro- probably the Nirvana was a big one for me, mm-hmm. and then Nirvana got me backwards into the Pixies. Um, which is, you know, kind of where I, like you were saying, like realizing all the stuff that's out there that doesn't really get a lot of radio play. I remember it like it was yesterday, like finding B-52s and Depeche Mm -hmm. Mode, who we just heard. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I listen to the radio all the time. I was a huge radio guy and dug through my parents' records. I'm like, wait, wait, there are bands that don't get played on the radio? And it really was an epiphany for me. Like, I started going to record stores. I'm like... Shit, there are thousands of bands or artists that don't yeah. get played on the radio. It was a big moment for me. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it takes a, a big man to be the little spoon, you know? Jesus. So. You know, I, that's why I wanted to talk about all that stuff. On, you guys keep drawing references from things all before right, we turn the microphones on. Right right anyway, anyway, I'll you show drop you how the trombone, done. you find it, and Pixies are in my top five favorite bands of all time. I've seen them many, many, many times. I'm yeah. a huge fan. Um, so you find bands like that, but there's a difference between being a guy sitting in the room, hanging up your beautifully curated posters You'll notice the Smart Start MN Studio, yeah. uh, and and then actually making music. I mean, making music is what drew you to the music scene, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, a good friend of mine in high school drafted me to play in, in a band, and um, he made me play bass, which is, I think, how all bass players get started. Is <laughs> yeah. they want to play guitar, and someone's like, "Uh, uh-uh, that's those all, spots all we've are got filled. left is bass player." <laughs> so, what was the name of that band? Oh, it. It has a funny name. It, it was, I want. I, I'm hoping so. No, it was. It was called Maudlin, and I kept the name. I was going to say, oh. isn't that the name of your band? I say, yeah. That's not so bad. Yeah, no. no. For a high school band, Maudlin's actually a really yeah, cool exactly. name. I mean, usually you know, like Wild Stallions, that kind of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, but I, yeah, that's what I thought. So I kept it. And you know, at a certain point, you run out of one-word names too. True. That, right. That people haven't haven't taken you know what about striper nope that's been taken right um, i were in a band called kleptobrainiac yeah yeah gross yep. i don't even know where you got that but i was never in that band <laughs> that's true and i wouldn't go see them i certainly wouldn't pay money to go see them so you're in maudlin in high school are you still in winona in high school uh yeah i, I was in uh, winona until oh, i stayed a year after high school right on um selling star wars toys and like out of a store, or out of the back yeah, of a car, out of or? a place that only sold Star Wars toys. Really? Yeah. They only, I mean, like there are weird collectible places all over the map, and my daughter works at one, and I've been to a thousand of them, but literally nothing else but Star Wars toys. Not at the time. Yeah, nothing but Star Wars toys. Like the Bespin Twin Pod Cloud Car and the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, you name it. Really? And, yeah, and so it got it got so bad that there was a point when I've actually signed certificates of authenticity on. <laughs> toys because I, I learned how um to tell things apart like you know the little slidey sword that came out from the vintage characters i do the way they started making um replacements for we the, call them lightsabers because yeah, yeah yeah slidey swords so um because <laughs> people would lose those kids would lose those oh, and yeah. that, that becomes the most valuable piece so they started making replacements but how do you tell the new replacements from the authentic ones drop them on a table what listen, happens listen when you this, drop them on a table listen to the noise really yeah that's how we we told them apart 
So what about like the original Boba Fett had a rocket that shot out of his backpack, yeah. but then that became too dangerous because kids choke and people are idiots and can't be trusted. So we can't have anything nice. And we lost yeah. that. But yeah. I mean, like, you know, like that original one, that's got to be an expensive collectible. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, the more losable or short term it was, then the more valuable it becomes. Like then. the original Jawa that had the cloth coat on the outside of it as opposed to the, the vinyl, vinyl one yeah <clears throat> right yeah, look absolutely. at that well, we could we could make this whole episode about that wait no wait 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 no i've got it sean well, before sean oh sorry seriously shut up i'm up all right so thank you david before we before we switch just i'll, t- I'll tell you a quick story that hey, you please. didn't ask for please so i'm sitting there and i'm taking phone calls there and we used to get phone calls from all over the place and huh? this guy calls up and he's like he's like hey it's brian the funky guitarist from the uk and I was like, whatever, dude. Okay. And he's he's like, uh, wants to buy some Star Wars toys. And yeah. so I'm talking on the phone with him, shooting the shit for like 20 minutes. And he's a nice guy, and he's buying a ton of ton of Star Wars toys. And I get done, and like everyone's surrounding me, like looking at me like, oh, what did he say? And I'm like, I, he just wanted some toys and to, to chat. He's like a nerd, guys. And it was Brian May from Queen. Fuck no off. way. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean it that was. personally, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So how did they yeah. know it was Brian May? Well, that's what, that's, it was all over his account. I just wasn't paying attention. Like Brian May, it's like, sounds like a normal name. Wow. And then I was like, oh, that Brian <laughs> May. Wow. So Brian May, I mean, like not only Brian May, the, the legendary guitar player from Queen, but Brian May, the esteemed honorary doctorate astrophysicist yeah. who literally left astrophysicy school to be in to be one of the, the greatest rock the bands funky of all guitarist time. from the UK. Sweet ass hair, too. It's me. Yeah. I mean, it looked like Louis Fourteenth for oh, a while. So, they were a split yeah. up yes, on the top. Exactly. I mean, that's some corny stuff. Hey, I hate for the show to go on too long without hearing music, so we're going to talk more about what you do, David, behind the scenes and with your band. But the first song you picked is by Faith Boblet, who has an energy about her. You know, there are a lot of talented songwriters out there, right? But when you can compare when you could combine that acumen with that X factor, that energy, that charisma, whatever you want to call it, right? Everyone's got a different name for it. Faith is amazing. Tell me why you picked a Faith song and tell me why this song. Um, I like this song. I like a lot of her songs. Um, um, but from her most recent album, this is kind of the one that stood out to me. Um, I remember the first time I heard it and she was, you know, it starts a holy, holy, holy. And I was like, please say shit. And she did. I was like, oh, cool. Are you yeah. telling me we're going to play a song that swears right now? Yeah, it's a swear song. A fucking man. Let's do it, Sean.
well, edit. Uh, Faith, I had no idea that Faith had such a potty mouth, but that is just fine where I come from. Now, before we continue our conversation today with David Preby, we do have to check in with Sean Bernard. Oh, there's Sean Bernard right there. Thank God you're here on time. Hello. You are a realtor for uh, Edina Realty, 50th and France location. What's the haps, Daddy? What's going on? Just busy, busy, busy. Now, in years past doing this, I mean, February is not busy, busy, busy time, right? No. In fact, last year at this time, I was headed to Arizona with my son to go watch him play baseball in a college scouting thing and had a glorious time. And I wanted to go to Arizona again because I have free places to stay down there. And I'm too freaking busy to go anywhere. So. I was going to say, I can barely get you to come in here to the That's Smart true. Start MN that studio to do a yeah. show. You're busy right now. What's going on? Why? It's just super busy, I think, because the interest rates are going up just a little bit. It's still not that big of a deal. Panic time. And I think people... Uh, because Last of, helicopter out of Saigon. That's exactly it. I think yeah. people are tired of living uh, in their house where they can't get away from their spouse uh like far enough away from their spouse. They realize that if they move into a new house together, they're still, they're just upgrading their prison, right? Yeah, exactly. But okay. this way you could have a prison where the door will lock and you can be in your own wing mm. of the villa. So, I mean, like, do you ever sell houses that have like hidden rooms or secret sliding metal doors with complex locks, things like that? Not intentionally, but yeah, yeah okay. I, right. it, it happens right. sometimes. Just wondering, but just wondering. Yeah, it's crazy right now, but... Uh, um, it's kind of fun, too. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I'm helping friends of mine. Their parents are 80 and 84 years old. I'm helping them uh, find a place. They told me they probably know about 30 realtors, but uh, it has been freaking amazing. They've lived in the same house uh, where we grew up in North Minneapolis for 50 years. Wow. Helping them sell their place and then helping them transition into a senior living place. And it's just been an honor. Really, really decent, kind people. Just terrific. So literally, I got choked up when they asked me to be their real estate agent. But um, I'm still doing the same thing that I did last year. We're going to donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band. Uh, just not a fucking bass player. Wow. <laughs> just just kidding. Here we uh, call, go. Call 612-859-2. I love bass players. 612-859-2594. In fact, when I was a kid, my dad would always make me listen to the bass line in particular and songs. He'd be like, hey. Listen for you the hear bass that? line. That's driving do, 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 it. Do you hear do. that driving it? Yeah. It's driving the song. Oh, man. As an ACDC fan, yes. trust me, rhythm guitar and bass player, without them, no band is anything. John Paul Jones? I mean, I don't know. That guy knew his way around the bass. Anyway, let's not go too far down that particular rabbit hole. David Preby is our guest. David, back. And so you've been, you've been playing in this band. You make your way up to the Twin Cities. And in 2009, you start working with Green Room Music Source as an agent where you become partners and a partner, rather. And you end up working with a, a lot of artists. What was the What was the impetus to get you into working on the management side of things? Um, well, you know, so I, I went to school for, for music business, Mm -hmm. which, um, for those of you out there that, um, have also gone to school for that, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so I did that and I did that as a way to kind of learn more about the industry because I thought that would help, um, with, with my own music career. Maudlin. Yeah. But I, I found out that I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. And people used to say things to me all the time, like, oh, I hate booking shows. And I used to think, well, hate's a strong word. I wouldn't say I hate it. Um, maybe, maybe I could do something like that. 
and then I, I did. Okay, well, and the, the, but there's more than just getting on the horn and calling people up and booking shows. There are legal concerns. There are pragmatic logistical concerns. If you're going to be in management, it's the way I managed a staff of about 40 people when I was in my young 20s, and I learned enough doing that that I realized I don't ever want to manage again. And now we're not only talking about managing normal people, you're talking about managing musicians, literally herding cats, but really yeah. temperamental, angry possibly suffering from dysentery type cats was it ever like pull your hair out madness oh yeah all the time right um and well so just to like just like uh clarify so most of what i've done is as a booking agent right but i have done some artist management okay as well and those are totally different things okay um so the, artist the, managers don't have to do the booking the bookings through the booking agency then you're just trying to Make sure everyone stays alive and yeah. shows up on time. And all right, kind of that, or I mean, depending on how big you know. Back in the day, the music industry has changed so much. Back right. in the heyday, everybody had a full team, right? And the artist manager was the guy that was the cat wrangler for the entire team. Got it. And would you know? It's it's kind of like managing a a pizza hut. If if the cook doesn't show up, you're the cook, right? Um, otherwise, you got to hire a cook, and you got to get all the pieces together. But the the way things have evolved, not everybody has managers or all these different parts of the team. And um, so are you okay? I'm fine. That was just a little ginger ale. <laughs> what? He's, he's going to need some extra ten, tender spooning tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are. No, I just, um, just press on my tum. the first tum- time I burped yeah. him. I burped him a few times. Press on my tum-tum a little to help me get the gassies out, Daddy. <laughs> Um, that's, was that weird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he always says anyway, how weird, but that anyway, was Anyway, David, you were telling a story. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's not much of a story. It's just, that's, that's the things, that's the parts. So right. mostly I'm, a, I'm an agent. I've spent most of my time being an agent. Do you still do that now? Yes. Okay, that's, very good. That's what I do. Who are you repping? Um, I'm, I'm repping, um, Faith that we just played and, exactly. and Mary, who we're, we're about to play. play and myself out of just a feeling of obligation. Um, I'm, I'm also working with uh, Sawyer Fredericks, um, who's from upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Knapp, um, if, if you all remember her from, she has a really interesting story. Um, hmm. well, so you say, why don't you tell it? <laughs> <laughs> I, telling us it's a really interesting story. And then just, is it NAP for the last name? Um, K N A. I was kidding. Okay. So she she sold about a million records um, as a contemporary Christian artist. Oh, then took a break. And nobody knew kind of what was going on, and she came back and she came out um, on Larry King Live. She oh, oh this yeah. is ringing a faint bell. Oh, I yeah. know who this is. So and when by came out, you mean revealed her sexuality? Yeah, she was gotcha. Gay. Right, and, right, right. Um, and so she c- continued to to do music um, since then. Um, but more not, secular, still staying in the Christian. No, game? yeah, she's just a secular artist right, now. Right. But but she does um, work as an advocate for the LGBTQ community and um, deals with you know where that intersects with faith and you know how to, she talks at churches a lot on how they're you know. Well, and that's a tender area, right? I mean, yeah. like let's be honest. That's there's um, tensions run high in that in that that intersection of that particular Venn diagram yeah more often than not not with all churches but with the churches I grew up in that would have been a popular oh, yeah. Saturday afternoon conversation right yeah and and you know and to the credit of uh 
in some of those churches, there there are places that are requesting her to come in and talk Which is great. and do the thing. And, great. And that's, you know, and hopefully that's, you know, uh, going to become the trend. Hopefully that's a, a popular change for the future. But but she she kind of lives in that area um, doing doing that work and then just being a songwriter, too, just a, a songwriter. Just trying to be a musician without all the other trappings that come along. But, I mean, yeah. you, you come out on Larry King Live, that's going to follow you for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do anything on Larry King Live, it'll follow you for a while. Hopefully Larry doesn't follow you. Well, he can't Amen. Anymore, no, but, not anymore. But, yeah. man, the vulture, those... Those uh, suspenders seem to have like pulled down the area between yeah. the neck and the shoulders. It was always terrifying to watch. Yeah, he's a fr- frightening individual. He certainly is. Yeah. Before we go any further, we have to hear more music because I don't like to get too far into the show and again go too long without hearing a song. Yeah. So you rep Mary Bew, who Mary's been on here. And for the song we're going to play right here, she came in when that record was new and... Between her yoga and her talent as a songwriter and a performer and her general ebullience, I think that she, as many great songwriters we've had on this show and song and singers and performers, she might exemplify best that X factor, right? Like her level of charisma, the ray of light that constantly shoots out the top of her head. And I mean that in the best possible way. She's dazzling. I'm a huge fan of Mary Bue. Yeah, no, she is. And, you know, when you talk about hurting cats and uh, that's, you know, kind of the... Not hurting cats, but her, herding, herding cats. Her, I just, it was yeah. very close. I don't want any... Because yeah. I'm a big cat guy. Yeah. And right. No, I'm, I'm a big cat So I don't cat talk about too. hurting cats, but I, I do talk about hurting I've, cats. I don't, I don't hurt animals. Um, But... No, the, the people that I choose to work with now um, are are not assholes, and and I have a very I, I've kind of we've like, literally said that on this show when have. it comes to sponsors and advertisers in yeah. those exact words we refuse to work with anybody who's an asshole and we just won't. Yeah, it's and it it takes a little while till you get to that point where you're you you kind of put your foot down and say you know what no matter how how many people like this artist or how good the music is doesn't mean you have to work with them right um like that guy from the bodines who doesn't have the bodines name anymore he's the other one that wrote oh, some of the songs which one sammy yeah yeah also a predator we don't talk about sammy anymore oh he's a predator oh too? yeah no sammy's canceled it's over for oh, sammy okay see i didn't know that i just knew he was a dick well and the only reason i do is i've gotten to know uh kurt's better half and um yeah i think it hits a little close to home and that guy that guy's completely fucking canceled sammy sammy Giannis, from everything i know and from a source i would trust is a bad bad person yeah well i can i can corroborate because he he approached back when i was uh, with green room um he approached craig and i um and and it went so far as us having talks and going out to meet him at a show and what a jerk you can say dick, you can say fuckhole, you can say fuckface, you can fuck say whatever. Yeah, there we go, fine. Um, I mean, this is a podcast, and I don't yeah. I, I don't necessarily encourage swearing for swearing sakes, but but like on something like this where it really matters, punctuation. Pu- there it's, we go. Can I say dick weasel? Of course mm-hmm. you can. Fucking dick weasel. That, perfect. Okay. It's punctuation at that point, right? It really puts a finer yeah. point on it. Before we talk about other fucking dick weasels in the industry, um, let's hear this Mary Yeah, song, because she's we? not. That's the that was oh, the no, point she, I was trying to make. She is, is antithetical is to whatever she, a fucking dick weasel is. She's literally the opposite. She, she's the reverse Sammy. She's is as nice as a, as a human can be. Um, no, she's th- kind and generous, and I, I've never seen her not give anybody 
100% of her attention. She's exceptionally present and right there. And it doesn't mean that she's giving you everything. But while we sit down across from each other, she's as present as anybody I've ever known. Exactly. Yeah. So just wonderful to work with. Like all my artists are. Let's listen. is the brian oak show it is episode 230 we're talking to david preby who is of the band maudlin but also represents some pretty cool artists who we've had here on the show before what is your what i mean what do your weeks look like what is it that you do right now when it comes to managing artists like i'm just curious about like the day-to-day like i mean do you sit down and fill out a post-it note like oh yeah gotta talk to mary oh yeah gotta talk to i mean like what what is it that that occupies your days well most of the work is done now on computer rather than post-it note right um, what sort of thing is that? Uh, well, it's it's kind of it's 
It's <laughs> reminiscent to the thing in front of you. Um. Yeah, no, I do have one in front of me. You know, I get it. I just, you know, but I mean, like, I still take notes on paper because notes on yeah. computers, I can never find them again. So I still take notes on paper. But that being said, you know, there are the practicalities of being an artist management or helping to run things or being a booker. I mean, what what do your days look like during the week? Yeah. So, you know, back in the day before the apocalypse, um, we, we had an office, um, d- down by, um, cafe latte. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then things kind of looked like a, a job, but since then I'm working from home and right before the pandemic, I had twins. I didn't personally have, but Priscilla had twins. Very good. They're, they're my twins. How old are they now? Um, they're two and a half. Oh wow. wow. So this was September. Identical, fraternal? They're fraternal. They're both girls, but they're fraternal. Fabulous. So I have three girls in oh, total. Wow. Um, you are effed, my good man. Yeah. I, just, I just have the one yeah. and wowzers. I'm, I mean, but also it's, it is a blessing. I don't, I don't mean to be too cavalier about it, but... Um, Oof. Yeah. Good luck. A nine and two twos. Okay. So. Oh, you got a babysitter built in. Um, yeah, actually, and she, she's so good with them. Um, we didn't realize that was going to be a thing, but yeah. Anyway. anyway I'm so sorry. sorry. So, so my day kind of revolves around like working at home, but also kind of navigating the home life, which is, I think what, what working is like for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Now. Right. So there, there isn't like a particular flow um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of, um, you know, you, you gotta figure out, this is the nerdy stuff. This is but the see, boring, that, that, no, that's boring, not boring at all. That to me, that's actually the question I'm asking. I'm sure you have lovely girls and I'm sure <laughs> that just like everyone else, you're working at home. What does it mean to run what you run? What does it mean to do what you do? Yeah. I don't care if it's nerdy or boring. This is my <laughs> fucking podcast and we're going to talk about it. All right, David. I mean, the people are just gonna, you know, I'm putting putting them to sleep no so you you start out with you know can't be cookie cutter every artist is different every artist has a a different reach they have a different kind of music they have a different kind of um, markets that they want to visit or need to visit or need to keep up or want to build so a lot of it is strategy that's where it kind of all starts is coming up with a strategy for each artist that makes sense so you're um, talking about the right markets, the right venue. I mean, because we're talking about booking right now, right? Yeah. And exactly. you, so you're talking about the right markets. You're talking about the right venues. You're talking about make sure that you're hitting the right communities that it, even if there's not already something established there, it may resonate with. Yeah. And, and you know, what makes sense. So the biggest thing with booking, um, in, in my experience, and, and I've been doing this for 15 years. So, um, I hope, I hope I haven't been doing it wrong for 15 years, but consistency seems to be the key. Right. Um, when you're when you're building, when you're maintaining. So when you're building a strategy, you have to not only think about um, what you want to do, but what makes sense to do and, and what's what's really achievable. Um, like, uh, you know, a lot of people when I started with like, well, let's get to New York because New York is so great. Let's get to L.A. Right. Like, but how many times are you going to be able to get back to New York, mm-hmm. get back to L.A., that kind of thing? Well, you got to build the rhythm, right? I mean, it's like advertising in general. You have to have a regularity for it to register with the locals. Exactly. And yeah. then, and then of course the reverse of it is if you got something going on in New York, you have to maintain that or it will go away. Right. If, you, if you don't service a market where you have a built up audience, then it will just whoosh, disappear over time. How has the internet influenced booking, right? Because obviously during the COVID, everything shut down for at least a very long time there. And there wasn't any touring. There weren't any shows. Yeah. And then there were all these online things. I know that both Faith and Mary did tons of online stuff. But here we are. It's time to get back out there. 
but I wonder from the point of the venues, I don't care if anybody thinks this is dirty. I'm interested in this. From the from the I'm serious. From the point of the venues, has has the fact that people are comfortable doing internet streams or shows changed the nature of the way you do work, or are the venues hungrier than ever to get these people back into the actual brick and mortar? So I th- I think everybody knows there's no political will for another kind of bailout, right? And so it's kind of do or die for a lot of people. And numbers are down. Ticket ticket sales have been down. Um, they're not non-existent, but they're down. Right. And I, I think most venues are in a spot where the show must go on, or they're they're looking down the barrel of closing the doors for good. <clears throat> so that seems to be the mentality. The flip side to that is is that everybody more than ever wants a sure thing, you know. And and you're seeing a lot of um, where where it used to be if if you depending on the venue, they, they would know, okay, we're not always going to have sellout shows. We're going to have a lot of shows that are half full. Um, whereas now they're going for overplays, trying to book things that should put things over capacity, expecting that they might not even reach sellout because of the way things are. So there, there's a lot of that. There's a, there's a, a lot of fear. There's a lot of things that have changed. A lot of people, going from one place to another place a lot of i mean i've i've know about that myself so um it's it's an interesting it's kind of the wild west i I was just talking with i forget which artist and artist and um talking about time frame and how they were commenting on how some things are much further out now for for booking and that's true with a section of venues and there's another section of venues where their staff has been you know pulled off or there's only one guy left and now they're part-time or everyone's just coming back in and they're scrambling and they're still trying to line stuff up for spring. So it's, it's kind of the wild West. It's a really interesting, crazy time to be trying to work. I just asked because over the last few months, I mean, you know, we've had sort of ups and downs during the pandemic, right? Of like, hey, we're yeah. back out there. Whoa, no, we're not back out there. Hey, we're back out there. But really in the last couple of months, I have noticed hundreds if you will of shows locally being announced and i don't know if that's hopeful or if it's real or again i guess none of us can really know what tomorrow brings right yeah but there seems to be this sort of the dam broke right and like there's this and maybe i'm wrong but i mean i maybe it's not reflected but i feel like i keep seeing new show announcements several every single day like i haven't felt like this in a very very long time like i feel like would like it or not live or die shows are coming back this summer Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and I think it's cause you know, there's, there's not really another option. Right. Um, and people are, there's, people are exhausted. People want to get out. Summer is going to be for sure the safest time. Uh-huh. Everybody knows that too. Um, but I think it's going to continue past that. I think, um, I, I think we're going to see kind of a return to normal, but you know, the audience is going to still have a big impact because I, I don't think everyone in the audience is ready to come back. Yeah. Well, even, even if the venues and artists are. So yeah, no. I mean, there's one place in town that I'll never go to again, and I, oh, never mind. I almost said something really unfortunate, but I mean, <laughs> I, but I also like if I know the club's going to be crowded. Like if this is a huge show, there are a couple coming up that I was going to go to, and I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not ready yet. I, just, yeah. I, I want to. I like live shows. I'm not afraid of people. I just, I don't know. Even though I've already had the COVID, like, what about you, Sean? You've gone out a zillion times. In well, your life. I finally like, went are out. Are you nervous someplace. at all? Well, I finally went out last Sunday night. 
because I'd worked 12 days in a row and I worked a half day on Sunday and I finally went out to um, see Dr. Mambo's combo. Yeah. It was the first time I didn't wear a mask indoors. Now I'm sure I'll get shamed for that, but I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to do this. And nobody was wearing masks and I did feel a little funny about it to be honest, but it was also something where the people went ape shit. Yeah. It was, people were so excited to see live music. They were singing along like uh-huh. I'd never seen before. There is a thing, if you have it in in you, like we all three do, that this has been missing out of your life for so long that it was like this joyous celebration of music that I almost like started weeping because the people were just so having so much fun. Yeah. And dancing and singing and just like having a freaking blast. Remember fun? Yeah, that fun. was it. That was it. It was like, it, it, we need, we all need this. And that's the other side of it. It's like. There are people that absolutely believe that we got a mask, we got to be vaccinated, we got to do everything else. But there are also human beings that are like, I need to fucking see live music and get this part of my soul fulfilled. Finally, it's a, it's a classic risk reward it scenario, is. Is. man. I mean, like, and I'm with you. And you know, COVID cases are plummeting like a stone right yeah. now. Like Omicron burned through fast, but it's not nearly as severe. Who knows? I mean, fingers crossed. I don't want to curse it by saying it out loud. I'd like to think that we're starting, I mean, we're never, none of us in this room are going to live a life where the word COVID doesn't come up again every year. This is going to be endemic. This is going to be part of our lives. But if we can get past the point where it's prohibitive to our lives, particularly the things we love to do, which for all of us, go out and play music in some cases, go out and hear music or enjoy music in other cases. I've been to a live music show in a long, long time. And you know what? Fuck it. I, I will, I'm willing to risk rubella and mumps <laughs> to go see Gary Newman. I'm going. I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit, and I'm going to do it. Before we wrap things up here uh, with David Preby, uh, I do want to thank, once again, Smart Start MN. They do a very nice job with what they do, and we're very glad to have them as sponsors. I want to thank Sean Bernard. You're welcome. Yeah, appreciate that. I also want to thank AudioQuip. AudioQuip are the ones that have decked out our studio from computer to soundboard to processors, headphones, microphones. Without them, we are literally nothing. It's just three dudes sitting around here talking about some bullshit. I don't think that we'd get guests anymore if it was no, just three people pre- with no hey, microphones. you want to come by and, and do our podcast? Like, sure. And they come in like, well, what do you mean podcast? I'm like, oh, I just been hanging out with me and Sean for 45 <laughs> minutes and talking. We'll have our cell phones out. I'd yeah. still record it. I'd come. Yeah. I'd be here. Well, I appreciate That's that. What friendship looks be, like right be there. Be careful what you say out loud, David, <laughs> because we now have that digitally recorded. Um, but thanks to everybody who's ever been on board. Our Patreon members, don't forget, coming up in the next month or two, we will figure out a new Patreon event for you. Uh, also, thanks to everyone who's ever listened, shared, subscribed, amplified in any way whatsoever. We really appreciate it. Episode 230 of The Brian Oak Show. Before we say our final farewells to today's guest, David... So Maudlin is your band, and despite all these other things you've done behind the scenes, working, booking, being, you know, all the things that are required of you, Maudlin's still a thing, right? Yeah, after all these years. Right on. And I mean, so is it you? Is it a bunch of you? Give, tell me, give me the elevator speech on Maudlin as it exists in 2022. Okay, well, it's, it's me playing bass, and that's the most important part. As we all know. Yeah. Everyone um, knows without the bass player, a band is F. Are there other instruments there, in the band? No, it's it's just, you said like multiples, it's multiples of me all playing bass. So it's like craft yeah. work, except for an upper Midwestern white guy playing bass. It, doesn't it sound amazing? <laughs> I mean, amazing uh, is one so word. Uh, unexpected. I would yeah, say it sounds yeah. unexpected for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's different. Um, no, it's, it's, it's me, my wife Priscilla plays guitar, yep. and, and our drummer Whelan. 
Um, and we play uh, often sci-fi themed indie rock music, garage why, rock. Why did we talk more about sci-fi? You have to come back. That means. Yeah, well, I I would because I'm I'm I, a deep could, sci-fi dork. Like I know both the ancient H.P. Lovecraft oriented things and Edgar Allan Poe, all the way up to I mean Philip K. Dick is my favorite of all time. Yeah, and we we didn't even get to talk about Mothman, and that's you know son of a bitch. I totally forgot. I wrote I it down, and I totally it, forgot. He wrote it down. I apologize. Do you want to get oh. it in real quick before we wrap things up? Um, well, this just I mean we we <laughs> you don't have to so. But if you do, you'll be legend. Like, <laughs> like the Mothman, okay, you the, will be legend. So, like, what's the elevator pitch for the? What's the the thirty second thing? Is we we now are the theme song for um, a podcast that just talks about supernatural paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. Because when we were driving down the road, we saw a bumper sticker that said "Mothman ate my whole ass out at Denny's." <laughs> and. And one and thing you led literally wrote a song based another. on that. No, it just it's just that's the rabbit hole you start down when yeah. you see that bumper sticker. As it, it were, leads you to rabbit being hole. the theme song for a paranormal podcast. <laughs> and what's the name of that paranormal podcast? Um, <laughs> it's tries okay. To, tries to have a straight face. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's okay. Um, we, we can cut that part out. Is it just, moons over wait, my hammy? I figured since you did the the theme song, you might know the name of the podcast. <laughs> and, and you know, I totally, I totally do. <laughs> he has to look it up. That is, which is fine. Precious. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Shh. <laughs> um, hidden shadows. Hidden in the shadows. There it hidden is. In the shadows. Hidden in the shadows. Hidden in the shadows. How many times can you edit that? Hidden in the shadows. Okay, right there. Zero so, like, we'll, we'll, podcast. I think I, that's all. But gold. wait, We're wait, are you gonna? Wait, are we? When, so when I don't. Um, so when the song is done, then <laughs> yeah. is this all over? Yep. It's over. Yep. Okay. So as, as we say goodbye here, as we go into this song, it's, then it's over. Okay. So before it's ask over, you to leave after that, it's not so. over right now. Just say what you want to say. Okay. So I have a thing I wanted to say. Please. Okay. Okay. Please. So, um. <laughs> Aside from all these other things I do that we've talked about, Uh-oh. I, I <laughs> here it comes. I am also pr- producing a series uh, called the Show and Tell, um, mm. and the Show and Tell is where I get some musicians. We sit down, they they all play a few songs, and then I get up and I interview them, and then they get back up and play some more songs. It's all done live, kind of off the cuff. Is it audio only? Is it audio and video? What it, is it? It's live in person. Oh. It's, it's a it's a show series. Um, and where will it be? Where will it be held? Well, it's going to be held at the temple in Saint Paul, oh. which is this old Masonic temple. I'm yeah. familiar. Um, it's it's really cool. It's you, ten bucks to get in. BYOB. And okay, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. So remind me, tell me one more time what the basic premise is. The basic premise is I interview people in the middle of their sets. They right. do short sets for artists. Okay, I have one coming up March fourth at the temple in Saint Paul. Um, Mary, uh, Bew is going to be there, um, as, as well as a bunch of other friendly folks. So for artists, you jump up with each one of them, just do a quick interview, let the music do the most of the talking, but get to find out more about them. Yep. And it's totally off the cuff interviews about songwriting. Um, fabulous. How often is that going to happen? It's going to happen first Fridays, um, of, of the month at, at the temple. Okay. And there is a Facebook page for the show and tell where you can get, all that information. And- well, I'm sure there is. So let's let's find out this before we say our final goodbye. Yeah. What's ground zero for David Preeby? If people want to know about Maudlin, they want to know about this new series you've got. Is there a place for people to go to get in touch with you? 
Yeah. So um, my agency's website, um, Favorite Son is the name of the agency. The website is favesun, F-A-V-E-S-O-N.com. And you can find all kinds of things there. Favison.com is what Fav- it sounds like to Fav- me. Favison. It's like derelict. I was going to say, I was going to say, so you also sell fine, high quality French hair products. Exactly. Excellent. I, I don't know how you guessed that from the name, but it shows that I've done my marketing correctly. Well done. You and target market bullseye yeah. right through my heart. <laughs> Mr. Preby David, thank you for coming in. <laughs> thank you for having me. All right, man. Before we let you it's go, been a joy. this is your band right here, Maudlin. And I want you to tell me about this song because I don't know. Grave danger is sort of an ominous title. Yeah, it's, you know, it's your typical making out with monsters kind of song. Go on. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, um, I, um, it's it's Priscilla singing. It's, uh, um, oh, I, I sang some background vocals. Is it really us. about making yeah. out with monsters? Because this is going to go up my Halloween playlist if it really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's totally about... Making out with monsters. Well, I think monster banging. Something monsters. If, I don't know. Ask Priscilla. It's, you know. Ask my wife. I would, I would <laughs> like. Ask my wife about, about I, I feel like making out with get, monsters. I feel we may need to get Priscilla on this show yeah. because Priscilla sounds like the danger of the operation. Oh, Pris- Priscilla's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I am the, the, the side character in, in, in her show. Well, we'll get her on at some point in the future. David, I'm glad we had you on today. Thanks and so here much, guys. we leave you with the music of David Preby and Priscilla. The song is called Grave Dangers. We wrap up the Brian Oak Show. I'm sorry.